Hey, Mizzou fans, welcome into what, as it turns out, will be the final edition of the Burgers Smokehouse Dance Class Postgame Show for the 2020-21 season. Oklahoma beats Missouri 71-68, 72-68, I'm sorry, ending Mizzou's season in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Fifth straight one and done for the Tigers in the tournament. Still have not won a tournament game since 2010. And uh, that was a while ago. It'll be at least a dozen years. This one seemed like it was there for the taking. Uh, Missouri didn't take it and Oklahoma did. We'll talk all about it. We'll take your calls here in just a minute. Normally, we have Conzo Martin's postgame press conference to start off this show. Because of the way the NCAA tournament does things, I could not record Conzo's uh, press conference. I can download the video later, but I wasn't going to wait for that to be posted to start this show. So I listened in to Conzo and Jeremiah Tillman. We can talk about it, but we don't have the video. Um, so all we have is you guys and phone calls and all that. I'll put the number up on the screen in just a minute. First, want to pay the bills. Burger Smokehouse has been with us all season long, um, sponsoring this show. There's their logo, top right of the corner, smokehouse.com. All their stuff is available in every grocery store pretty much across the state of Missouri. Uh, they've got smoked ham, turkey, bacon, all that. Um, look, you're going to have some games to watch, hopefully uh, still over the next three weeks, even if Missouri isn't playing in them. Go get yourself some burger smokehouse, sit down in front of the TV, watch the rest of the tournament. Also, our tournament coverage sponsored by the Bruning Law Firm. Uh, father and two sons, all Mizzou grads. Uh they will take care of you, a personal injury firm that treats their clients like family. If you've been injured and you think someone else is at fault, go to burninglegal.com, B-R-U-N-I-N-G, and check that out. So bills are paid, game is over, season is over, and uh, it always comes quickly. It's always harsh, um, and this is no different. This it almost was a fitting way for Missouri to end, right, because – it just, it was there. I mean, they 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 stayed in it. They they made runs. Um, you know, they got up early. Oklahoma made a run. Oklahoma got up. Missouri made a run. No, nobody ever led this game by more than seven points. I think Missouri's biggest lead was seven. Oklahoma's biggest lead was six. Uh, this entire game was played within a thirteen-point window. Oklahoma just made the last run. Uh, Drew Smith tried to shoot Missouri back into it. They had a possession that could have tied the game. And let's be honest, Missouri didn't play it very well, and Oklahoma played it absolutely perfectly. And I'll get into that in a minute. Do want to point out, here we go, we got a call coming in. The number is on the screen at 573-234-4935. All right, uh, caller, it just says unknown person. Uh, who's there? Hey, it's me, your old pal, Barry Odom again. And, uh, well, I'm not so sure I'm crazy about this Quanzo Martin feller. Uh, this, this game was pretty rough, and I think I speak for all Mizzou fans when I say I'm not too happy with Quanzo right now. I think that's putting it lightly, to be honest. Yeah, I can understand that. It was a, it was a rough one, no doubt. Um, could have been one, wasn't one. Some questionable decisions. So uh, I, I don't think you're going to get a whole lot of argument about it tonight. Yeah, I think the fans are kind of on my side tonight. 
No question. Let's get a basketball no. version of Eli Drinkwitz, boys. <laughs> All right, man. Thanks for the call. Uh, look, tonight is, I expect to be uh, not super happy. And if anybody actually wants to talk about it rather than, you know, put on a stand-up comedy routine, not that we don't appreciate the stand-up comedy routine. I mean, you know, I'd appreciate it to be a little funnier, but that's that's fine. Whatever. Everyone has his own taste. Uh, but if you want to call and talk about it, there's the number, 573-234-4935. So there are a few things out of this game. And normally I don't put minutes played up there on these stats, right? Xavier Pinson played four minutes in the second half. And look, I understand people say Drew Bugs was playing better. Yeah. We'll get to it. All right, 908 area code. Who am I talking with? Is this Shift? What's going on, Gabe? I just left the liquor store. <laughs> All right, man. How you do? I think a bunch of Missouri fans are making the same trip you are. Then. I, I know. I'm an inspiration for once, right? You got it, man. You got it. What's going on? Um, you know, I don't know who's called in and who hasn't, but uh, I'm sure the, the Tillman and, and Pinson substitutions or lack thereof has been discussed, but that late game execution, they needed a three, and it didn't even look like they were going for one. It looked like they were trying to drive inside. I, yeah. I it didn't make much sense to me. I, I thought I thought they'd have better luck trying to hit a three, especially the way Drew Smith was was shooting. Um, instead of it, trying to drive inside and maybe get an and one, I'm, I'm curious if, if that's been discussed and what your thought is there. Well, it it looked weird, right? I mean, they they threw that entry pass with what like seven, eight seconds left. So theoretically, you've got time if the call is get the ball into Tillman and kick it out somewhere. Um, but I mean, once you throw it into Tillman, unless they double team, you're you're kind of wasting time there. Now, Conzo said that. They had a play called, but because Oklahoma turned it over and never got a shot off, things were kind of weird. And then once they threw it into Tillman, the ball kind of got fumbled around, and then it just went – it just kind of went to hell. Like, Kobe Brown got the ball, and at that point probably should have thrown it to Drew Smith and let Drew fire something up. But he threw it to Drew Bugs, and then, honestly, Oklahoma deserves a lot of credit. Three seconds left, they realized, hey, all he can do is heave it up, go foul that guy, and we're going to win the game. They played it perfectly, and Missouri just – didn't I I mean it was you know I don't know if Tillman catches that ball cleanly if things look any better but it looked really weird and Conzo didn't give a great answer and Tillman didn't really seem to know which possession we were talking about when Mitchell asked so interesting yeah you know uh I feel like the common theme with with this team under Conzo even just from covering them I just feel like every two possession lead the opposing team has seems yeah. like a a a mountain to climb, and, and it seems like you know that they spend more time coming back from a two possession uh, deficit than most teams might spend coming back from a, a regular you know eight to ten point deficit. It just seems like it, it, it's always more work than it has to be. Yep. I don't I don't know the answer to that, but I, I just feel like that's that's the problem with. That, that's a common thread, it seems like, in, in losses. Yeah, there's no – I mean, it seems like every time you get to a point where you're like a couple more baskets, put the other team out of the game, they can't get it done. And then uh, – I'll be honest, man. Here was the problem tonight. Like, Oklahoma's going on a run, and you look at it, and the answer is Mitchell Smith and Drew Bugs are coming off the bench. This team just doesn't have enough guys. They have five players, and, and that's really all they had. And – I mean, the most important possession of the season, I think it was like a, 
I forget, it was a four or six point game with like two minutes left and they come down and it's a Mitchell Smith three. I mean, that can't, that just can't be the, the shot. It, it can't happen. And Drew Smith almost shot him back into it and would have been a hell of a hero. But uh, other than that, they just didn't have anywhere to turn down the stretch. What, what they needed tonight was Austin Harkless. That dude played well. I, I agree. I leave you with this because I've been thinking about the past few weeks when the bench has given them nothing. Uh, do Mario McKinney and Trey Jackson help this team this significant way? And significant, everyone has a different definition of, right? But like a, a noticeable, a noticeable way of sorts. Because I, I vote, I vote yes on Trey, and I'm not totally out on Mario just because he right. does give them a different. I mean, he has more athleticism than than. Mark and, and Drew Smith may be combined just in terms of their guards. So yeah. I, I feel like you can make it close. Either one of them could have maybe given them a little something this year. Again, does it change tonight's result? Probably not. But I've been thinking about that the past few weeks and was going to throw that to you or Mitch on a five seven three or one of these. Yeah, appreciate it, man. I don't think it I don't think McKinney helps. I don't think that was ever going to work. But but Trey Jackson helps because Conzo specifically said tonight that Oklahoma's game plan was to force Missouri's power forwards to beat to win the game, and they couldn't do it. So, I, I think Trey Jackson absolutely helps. Schiff, I appreciate it, man. I got a couple other people on the line, so I'm going to let you go. But uh, but we'll catch up, man. You're good. All right, let, let's go to the eight one six area code. Who am I talking to? I think I hung up early on Schiffer there. But what? Who's in the eight one six? Hey, Patrick. What's up, Patrick? Appreciate you, appreciate you hanging on, man. How you feeling? Yeah, no problem. Uh, I mean, I wanted to talk about I, – I missed a little bit of that call there from Chef, but, I mean, the substitutions were – Yeah. I mean, like, I, I, just, I do not understand how uh, Javon Pickett and Cubs are in there. If, if, it's, if we're winning by four or five points, maybe it makes a little bit more sense. But those two guys give you absolutely nothing on the offensive side. And yeah, then, it was curious. So they're in for the last – Right there, like I think Pickett was in for about four or five minutes, and then it's like a light switch went off in Conzo's head, and then they bring in Mark Smith for Pickett with 56 seconds left, and it's like basically too late at that point. Yeah, I well, mean, it, and it I've make any sense to me. I even thought earlier in the game, so 12 7 Missouri leads, 16 16 left. Tillman goes out, Mitchell Smith goes in. I, I guess you can. You can say, okay, we're going to extend Jeremiah's rest by 30 seconds before the TV timeout. Okay, uh, but 40 seconds later, it's 14-7, and then Pinson, Kobe Brown out, Drew Bugs in, Drew Smith out, Torrance Watson in, uh, Tillman came back right. in at that point, but it's 14-7, and your lineup at that point, well. yeah, your lineup at that point is Bugs, Tillman, Watson, Mitchell Smith and I, I don't even know who the fifth guy was. I, I I'm not even sure it matters at that point, to be quite honest with you. And immediately, I mean, it goes from 14-7 to 14-13. Literally in the box score, Torrance Watson played two minutes in his minus six. Now I'm not blaming that all on Torrance Watson. I'm just saying, I you're up 14-7. You're five minutes into the game. Your guys can't be that tired yet. I mean. I wasn't surprised when I looked at the lineup on the floor that they gave up a seven-point lead at that point. Uh, so, I, you know, I agree with you. I mean, and it was curious. We, we started the game off very well. Like, I, yeah. was, I was excited, though, for a couple minutes. And then it's like it's just completely self-inflicted by the coach. Yeah, and Mark Smith like, was he, hot he, and he, then just quit shooting. Going. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm with I, you. I guess, I'm with yeah, you. I don't, I, don't, I don't understand any of the coaching decisions that were made in this game. I think yeah. I've said it before on the show. I'd rather ride with Tenson than well, Bugs. And that one. The last game of the season. And yeah. Four minutes. And I and I want to be clear that Conzo was asked twice about why Bugs played over Pinson. He never mentioned Pinson's name. He just said, I thought Bugs was playing well. He was getting into the offense and he was playing on defense. I mean, I what he wouldn't say is he hated Pinson's defense. I, but look, I'm with you. I losing I know Pinson might not have been playing well, but losing that game with him on the bench. That's tough, man. Now, now to be fair, earlier this year, they lost a game, and I, I asked why Drew Bugs didn't play more going down the stretch because Pinson had been so bad. But I just think do or die last game of the season, I, I think your best guys are on the floor. And here's the other thing, guys. I think everybody needs to realize all this stuff that we've been talking all year about Xavier Pinson leaving, we're not making this up. And if you think he wasn't leaving before tonight, I think he's – Oh, he's gone. Like, I, I just don't see any way he's back. Um, and then I, I know you, I know you said you've talked about this a hundred times on Power Mizzou and on here. Um, I just like all of the text with my buddies and you know all of my college friends is Conzo needs to be fired. That was inexcusable right. decision making. All that he. Could technically be fired, right? But no. it's not going to happen. I, no, I mean, he can't even technically. They they literally, his contract now states, because they made the tournament this year, he cannot be fired without cause before April 30th, 2022, which is next April 30th. And the truth of the matter is, once you get to April 30th, you ain't firing a coach. He's got two more years here. I mean, it's going to happen yes, unless he walks away on his own. Um, so he is the coach, which is why I, I don't have a lot of patience for the the conversation. I'm not saying this this specific part, but the people who just want to fire him, like it, it's just not going to happen. He's he's here for two more years, and and we're going to see what happens at that point. Now, look, he said tonight, he said this senior class, you know, got the program back on track and and li- raised the level, and we're going to keep raising it. I think he feels better about what's coming in than than maybe the fans do, and ultimately, obviously, we'll see if he's right. Uh, but, yeah, he's going to be the coach for two more years. Yeah, I was just curious about the act, like what the actual like yeah. facts of the contract were, I guess. Yeah. But uh, thanks for taking the call. I mean, for- I, I just it's it's gonna it's gonna be tough to go into next year thinking that there's any sort of chance that we can do anything good because yeah. I mean, we're losing through pretty much everything. Yeah. And yeah. it's going to be tough. I, I, don't, I just don't see Conzo being able to elevate guys. Understandable, man. And and I don't think tonight's the right night to try to talk people off the ledge. Patrick, I got a couple people holding, so I'm going to let you go. But appreciate yeah, the call, man. All appreciate right. It, Gabe. Let's go. 417 area code. Who am I talking to now? Hey, Gabe. Tucker here down in Joplin. What's up, Tucker? How are you, man? Hey, I'm good. Thanks. I'm good. Um, this will be the last time I call in for the year. So yeah. I want to say I really enjoyed, enjoyed this show and everything. And uh, hope Appreciate you guys it. keep doing it going forward. I really, really enjoyed it. Um, well, a couple things, but I'll start with this. Um, you, know, you kind of touched on next year and the roster and everything. And obviously, you're closer to the program than, than any of us. And I know this year with the COVID and the Zoom is a little different. But mm-hmm. do you maybe get the sense that Conzo – 
sees that he's got to get more athletic in the future. I, I, I just cannot believe how much there's a lack of athleticism yeah. on this team. And, and I think the team got a lot out of what they have. I really do. But, like, that's where you really see it, like, down around the rim. I mean, the only guy that's a high-level athlete is Tillman, but he's kind of, you know, an awkward, you know, big guy right. that doesn't have the best hands. I mean, like, our wings and guards just do not finish well around the rim. I mean, I texted a few of my friends tonight and I said, I don't know if I've ever seen a team that gets this many shots blocked. Um, I mean, it, it's stunning. And there were a lot of times where I said, just, just go up and get fouled. Like it was like this team was avoiding contact down there. And I think the athleticism is part of that. And I think, I mean, in the SEC, it stands out because it's the most athletic league in the country, but it's also important in the tournament. I mean, if you look at, you know, Oral Roberts had, like, Ohio State is not a great athletic team. They have a lot of talent, but they're not a great athletic team. Right, um, right. Like, look at that Arkansas-Colgate I, game. Yep. You you were just waiting for Arkansas to turn it on because athletically, Colgate just couldn't stay on the floor with them. And obviously, I, and I told people this all through the year. Like I, uh, you know, even the even bad SEC teams like South Carolina and you know Mississippi State, they've got like dudes that look like NFL guys down around the rim. Yep. And that's why I thought like I, I just think actually that our roster is not a good fit for the league that we play in in the SEC. And so I'm hopeful. I know a couple of these freshmen seem a little more athletic, and hopefully uh, some of the transfers we look at. Um, you know, that we is, I mean, yeah, we got to shoot better too, but I mean, I, I just, the lack of athleticism to me is glaring. Totally agree with you, Tucker. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a definite, cause like even Drew Smith, great player, not a great athlete. Kobe Brown's yeah. not all that athletic, right? No. So, so you're relying on the incoming guys and Brookshire and guys like that, Brazil, maybe that maybe that is a change. I think they do seem more athletic, but I haven't seen enough of them to say that really. Yeah, and obviously the guys like Drew Smith, like a really good player, you can live with not being the best athlete, but when we're up and down the roster. But and one one last thing I'll say, and I know in the last color you and him, you know, had a discussion on this. I'm I know I'm probably in the minority, especially tonight, but even though I, I think Conzo's far, far from perfect as a coach, um, unless he leaves on his own, he's going to be the coach here for the next couple of years, and I'm actually okay with that. Like, It's not like that I'm settling for just making the tournament, but I'm also realistic about things, and I, I think it's – I want a coach that can you know, hopefully grow and learn and adapt and be here for a long time. And, and you know, He's taken him to the tournament two times in four years, and Hell, I wish they win the national championship every year, but I think that you know this firing coaches every three or four years, and every time a guy has a bad game or right. even a bad season, it's oh he's got to be fired. That's just not. I, I just don't agree with that. You're right. You're right. And and again, whether you like it or not, he like you said, he's the coach. So so there's there's not a ton of time to spend on it. But uh, Tucker, appreciate the call, man. I got a couple other people on hold, so so I'm going to let you yep. go. But really appreciate you listening and, and right. calling in all season, man. Thanks. All right, let's go. Uh, let's go next to the three one four area code. You still hanging on with me, bro? What's up, Demetrius? How you doing, man? I'm I'm good. How are you guys? I, I'm doing all right, man. I'm. Uh, it's. Uh, you know, I, I feel like I watched a game I've watched twelve times this year, but but I'm doing all right. Um. 
I don't, I, I don't call for people's jobs. That's the one thing I don't do. Right. But where do we go? You, you got these next two seasons. Uh, you, they're not making a tournament. Well, um, I mean, we I, got that. Like, I understand why you think they won't. And like, look, if I'm sitting here today, I think they won't next year either. But we don't even. There's going to be three spots on this roster. And and we can't just say okay. he won't fill him or he won't get anybody any good. Maybe he won't, but I mean he got to go see. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I hear you being optimistic. However, um, I, I'm not even being optimistic. I'm just leaving open the possibility. We had the opportunity this past off season. I know it was a pandemic and all of that, but it was a perfect opportunity for one of these transfers to come in and solidify our starting lineup. Mm-hmm. And we end up with bugs and chains. Yeah. I, I mean, what makes people think it's going to be anything differently if you got three or four transfers that's available and they look at the, the supporting role, they're coming in like, Man, we starting from scratch, basically. We call oh, yeah. Brown. That's it. I'm, yeah. it. It's not an I mean, people think it's an attractive situation because it's more playing time for transfers, but they're coming to basically a team that's starting all over. That's true. I don't, I don't see it. They, I mean, but it's me. I mean, and, and so. I mean, you know me. Look, I, I'm not trying to sell you on the fact that that it's going to work. I'm just saying, like, we can't – you you have to see, right? I mean, what other choice is there? He ain't get fired. So, like, he gets the chance to, to build the roster next year, and however it is, it is. Look, if he adds nobody else to this roster and you're starting Kobe Brown, Javon Pickett, and three freshmen, I'm right there with you, man. You're going to be, like, 12 and 20 bat. I, I don't think there's a whole lot of doubt about it. Um but what if, you know, if he gets a transfer or two or if one of these freshmen turns out to be a lot better than we think? You know, I'm just saying it's not impossible. Like, we can't already say next year is bad before next year happens. Like, I understand why people think it's going to be bad, but we can't say for sure it's bad. Okay. <laughs> if you if he bring in three high-level transfers, we, we're going to – I'm going to give him the total benefit of the doubt. He brings in three high-level transfers. Okay. That's still he's look at the bench, look at the role players. It's still not a complete team. So, best case scenario, that's best case scenario: three high-pitch impact transfers with the team he has now and the incoming freshman. That's still not a good team. I'm just that's just my opinion. I'm you know I'm totally pessimistic on this whole. Uh, program right now, um, and this is how I feel about it, man. Yeah. I, look, and, and you may very well be right. I'm going to paint you, and, and this isn't necessarily how I feel, because you know this, but I'm going to paint you the most optimistic <laughs> possible picture about this. All right, so let's say they get two transfers and, like, a, a let's say they get three transfers, two, like, grad transfers, and then one, like, traditional guy, mm-hmm. one that's, like, a sophomore or something who's a good player, comes in, like, yeah, they're not great next year. Whatever. Next year is what it is. They take some lumps. They're like a 500-type team. 
But then the following year, Kobe Brown's a senior. All those freshmen have a year of playing. You add another recruiting class, and maybe then two years, you're back in the tournament, and you start to see, like, that's the optimistic viewpoint. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying if it's going to work, that's how it's going to work. Mm, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to respond. <laughs> yeah, I hear you, man. Like I understand being pessimistic about it, though. I mean, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I just got to go by what I've seen. And the Cassius Robinson transfer that was a one-time thing. The Drew Smith that was different too. But he hasn't. I don't think he can get three high-level transfers to come to this team. That's just my opinion. You may very well so, be right, man. Yeah. You may very well be right. Demetrius, I appreciate it, man. I got another call I got to get to. What I'm gonna do, Quick question. What I'm yeah. going to do the rest of this spring and summer? I, I can't call you no more. What am I going to do? I don't know, man. Maybe I'll just pop on YouTube and you can give me a call and we can do a show. <laughs> All right. Been fun, guys. Have a good evening. All right, buddy. Have a good one. All right. 815 area code up next. Who's on the phone? How's it going, Gabe? It's Ron. Hey, Ron. Appreciate you hanging with me, man. Sure, man. Sure, I'm I'm doing all right. We got a couple crown and cokes deep, so Perfect. we're uh, we're feeling good, Perfect. masking through uh, the pain here. Real quick, this is uh, this is the post game report on the spring game today, and not the basketball game. So let's talk about that, shall we? Um, no, I don't want to talk about the spring game. It wasn't <laughs> even a game. Let's let's talk <laughs> basketball. I know. Yeah, it's fine. Um, yeah, Gabe, I'm uh, I'm, I'm worried here. Uh, I think. For the longest time, I've been uh, I've been on on Conzo's side in, in in most of all these situations here. With um, you know, he's more important than than the players necessarily in the regular season. But when it comes tourney time, you got to have your best five out there. And you know, Conzo, he may believe like in like certain situations that, that Drew Bugs is is the the guy you want uh, bringing the ball up the court, but like. I, I don't know, man. He's, I, I agree. I, I, yeah, four I, four I, I minutes for four minutes for Pinson is, man, it's tough to understand. Um, because especially in a yeah. game where, like, you just you need some points, man. And Pinson's the only guy yeah. on that team that seems willing to go in and seek some contact and get to the free throw line. And I thought they needed that tonight. Uh, it, but, exactly because. We, like we've we've talked all all year long, like when it's it's been kind of a joke, but it, I think it really does ring true. When Drew Bugs is on the floor, it's four on five. It's four on five. When, when they're on offense, yeah. Like you know, like I I get I don't know. Maybe he got him into the offense better. I mean, the offense was working fine with Pinson in the game the first six minutes. But here's what it comes down to, honestly. Like no matter what, no matter how much more freedom there is, no much no matter how much faster they play, if Conzo thinks you're not giving it on defense, you're not going to play for him. And clearly that's what he thought about Pinson tonight. I, I don't know if he's right or wrong because I don't sit and watch right. a game unless a guy's getting torched on defense like every trip down the court. I, I can't say right. for sure if he was playing good, bad, or indifferent defense. But I can say by watching that game and by how he handled it that Conzo thought he was playing bad defense. And Conzo thinks defense is effort. And so, therefore, mm -hmm. if he thinks X isn't giving him effort, he didn't play him. 
Um, and look, right. now, I'll also say, like, this is this is why these guys get paid three million dollars, and I sit here and do a show because he's the one that puts his job at risk. By look, everybody can sit there and watch and say, "Why was your second best?" Or, or clearly, at worst, why was your third best player on the bench for the last 16 minutes of that mm-hmm. game? And, look, mm-hmm. he's obviously willing to put his job on the line to do it that way. And, I, I mean, I respect it even if I don't agree with it. You know, I would have played Pinson tonight. Now, that said, what if Drew Smith hits one more three and they go to overtime and Missouri wins? Then Conzo was right, and I was wrong, you know. So, I don't know. But yeah. but I agree. I'd have played him more. <laughs> Right, and you know, I going back since you since you brought like put his job in the line, like if, like he's not getting fired here. Like Correct. I and I've, I've seen the people you know freak out. We need to fire him now, or hopefully someone poaches him and we can start anew. I, I, it's not going to happen, so it's not even worth talking about. Um, but I I do worry that um, you know it's it's year four of this program. Granted, yes, he's made the tournament two out of four times. But one was, you know, the push your chips all in year to get to the tournament. And then the other was a quote-unquote peak year of, mm-hmm. you know, development and building a team. And there are no turning wins to show for it. I, I, don't, I, I can't really blame fans for being upset with mediocrity, like, because it, no, I it, agree. this team, it, this program's capable of, of more. And I, I worry, now we're, we're into next year. I worry about next year. Um, at you got to fill a lot of holes. I don't know. If, I don't really know if Pinson's all that warm and fuzzy about coming back, especially after tonight. Um, I, I don't. I don't see how you can possibly think Pinson comes back. I, I don't see how there's right. possibly any way. I mean, that to me looked like a coach and a player that just don't see eye to eye, and it's just not going to work. Uh, maybe I'm wrong, but right. I, it, it, that's sure the way it looked to me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, I, and, yeah I understand all the skepticism right. about next year. I truly do, but there's nothing you can do other than just like let it play oh, out. Yeah, you know. Yeah, that's a good point. So. Okay, I'm gonna get a lot of callers. Thanks for doing this all year long, both football and basketball. I really enjoyed the show. Um, Appreciate it. Uh, we're ending on a little bit of a, a little bit of a bummer tonight, but thanks for all you do. Yeah, good to talk to you, man. We'll, we'll catch up. Let's go next to the nine one three area code. Who am I talking to there? You're really breaking up on me. Who was that? I apologize, man. I I cannot hear hear you at all. I'm gonna. We've got a terrible connection. I'm gonna ask you to call back. If you do call back, I'll grab you. But I I got to move on because I cannot hear. Uh, eight one six area code. You there? Yeah, was it me? Yeah, yeah. Who am I talking to? This is Brett, uh, Kansas City. What's um, up, Brett? How you doing, man? Um, I'm all right, man. Um, so my question for you is, and this is more of a, I guess, a broad question about the program. What is Missouri basketball? I mean, are we, are we? Are we a school that that has you know a big senior class with a bunch of guys and we have a, a chance in tournament and those few years we're just you know average or can we get to big recruits because I'm 29 years old my first memories are 
Arthur Johnson and Trayvon Bryant, you know, and they've gotten those big recruits. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Um. Can they get the big recruits? They can, but I think you've got to have an in like they did with the Porters. I mean, the truth is, in today's college, I'm not sure when Missouri's really landed those guys 100% above board uh, unless you have a local connection, unless it's a guy in the state. Um, can they? They can, but I think more you need to be – you need to build a program here, which is doable, but – Fans want a program that's a threat to make the tournament three out of four years, not one out of three. So, you know, right. that's why the next two years are big. Next year can be a step back, but he's got to be back in the tournament in two. He's got to be. Because then right. you're talking about three and six, and you're looking at it and saying, oh, okay, I can see it. You went to a team. You went to The reason everybody's down this year is he's in the tournament, but he's there with a the team that's all leaving. So if he gets back in two years, he's back there with, where the backbone of the program is a sophomore class, and that looks more sustainable. So I think the next two years, you've got to see signs of a sustainable program or tournament-worthy program. Doesn't mean they're going to get there every year, but be in the conversation. Yeah, for sure. I mean, EJ Liddell would look really good on this team if you oh, had him. I, no, I mean, EJ Liddell, yeah, this, I, I legitimately believe this is like a three-seed with EJ Liddell. I, I don't think there's any question. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's when I was really high on the Conzo hire, and that's I thought he could get that guy. And that's yeah. what I thought, you know, we were getting. But I think that's probably – today really sucked, and Conzo did not perform all tonight. But what really concerns me is we're not getting the guys that I thought he could get. But at the same time, what coach in Missouri has? Uh, in my Fire. lifetime, I mean, Mike Anderson got so pressy, but he was – there was a family relationship there, and that's yeah. probably – one of the biggest recruits we've gotten since I've been a Missouri fan. So just, I don't know. It's a hundred, hundred percent fair, man. I agree with what you're saying and I understand the frustrations and I, there really aren't satisfactory answers, especially the night of an NCAA tournament loss. Like it always ends too (laughs) soon. Right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. I appreciate it. All right, Brett. Thanks for the call, man. Really appreciate it. Let's go back to the four one seven area code. Who am I talking to now? Hey, this is Joey. How are you, Gabe? Not bad. What's up, Joey? All right, so we were at the spring game today, and one thing me and my friends kind of noticed was uh, there was a player named Michael Cox on the field today, and yes. he believed that he didn't exist about two months ago. But what I noticed or today was that he got north and south pretty well, uh, even though he gets the two and the second and third team. What are your thoughts about him, and do you think he can factor into our, our rushing game at all during this fall here in 2021? I mean, he could be maybe like a short yardage guy, right? I don't, I don't think he's taking carries right. from from Tyler Beatty or Elijah Young, honestly. And right. you know, they've got two running backs coming in. He could be, but it, the thing you always got to remember about spring is, first of all, the only people that were allowed to be live tackled today or were in situations like that was the third and the fourth string. They didn't do all those right. guys. None of those guys were on the two deep. So. Yes, he's playing behind a third-string offensive line, but he's also playing a third-string defense. Now, look, he looked big. He looked physical. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I think there's also a decent chance he just kind of played well in the spring game and we're six months away from the season, and and he's not really a guy that's going to get a whole lot of looks it, it, once the season starts. Right. I mean, if he's if he looks like that sometimes in fall camp scrimmages, then I'll then I'll listen to it. But I don't put a ton of stock in it to, from today. 
Right. And just one more question, sorry. Um, just watching the offensive line today, we didn't run outside zone or counter very well, I thought, and pass protect very well. And it is spring. It is really early. But do you have any concerns about our offensive line? And what do we have to look forward in 2021 about our offensive line protecting Connor Basilei? Well, I have huge – I have concerns about the offensive line. But, like, today, anybody that tells you they figured anything out off today is a liar. Like, it was right. – it was not even like a – it was less important and less revealing than a, a normal practice is. I mean, there was – you know, like Elijah Young would have had a 22-yard touchdown run. It was a two-yard gain because he got touched. They were playing two-hand touch right. most of the day. So, do I have concerns about the offensive line? Yes. Is that based on today? Not at all. Mm-hmm. So. All right. Thank but, you. Appreciate all you do. All right. Thanks, Joey. So, Missouri has made the uh, – transition fully to the sec where we're talking about a uh, spring practice the night of the ncaa tournament but hey man that that's cool i get it like that's what people are excited about right now um tough to be excited about basketball again it just it in it always ends suddenly uh, we said this on the pregame show when it ends in college basketball man it's fast um and you're never ready for it especially in a game that just seemed so eminently winnable uh, against a team that, like, Oklahoma made about three more plays than Missouri. So they won the game. They deserve to win the game. Um, I thought, and and like we were talking about with one of the first callers, I don't even remember who it was at this point, but I thought the best thing Oklahoma did in that whole game was when Missouri fumbled the ball on the last possession and kind of had to scramble and reset. When Drew Bugs got that ball with three seconds left, like, those guys knew go foul him, right? Earlier in the game, uh, Missouri, I, Oklahoma got the ball. I want to say there was like a minute 16 to go, and uh, and I'll finish that thought after this, but back to the 417 area code. Who am I talking to? Hey, it's Mark. What's so, up, Mark? How you doing? Uh, you know, the, the, the recruiting – obviously shows up and you mentioned that earlier so you, you go to the bench and you go gosh what is this but i i'm happy the team's not coming back because i i can't stand to watch these guys anymore <laughs> they've been there for four years they can't take their guy off the dribble they can't shoot and they have trouble staying in front of guards and it's like to me this team is what we thought they were they've yeah. been a 500 or below 500 team for four years they they got in the tournament this year because they were experienced, and the and the players they played against you know weren't ready for that, and they had a head start. But by the end of the year, I mean they are kind of what they've been for their whole career. Yeah, that's so, fair. Um, you know, I I would say this. I, I would say two things. First of all, it, the the point you brought up about not being able to stay in front of a guard like that was noticeable tonight. I'm like. For being a really good defensive team, supposedly, this team doesn't stay in front of anybody. Um, anybody. You know, and I, then, I, we, You go ahead. No, the, the other thing I was going to say, and, and it's basically agreeing with you, I mean, there were times this year that I looked at some of the lineups on the court and thought, if Conzo gets this team to the NCAA tournament, he should be the national coach of the year. And, like, look, I get it. I I get that he's responsible for the recruiting. So when you're a college coach, if you don't have enough talent, that's your fault. And I'm not excusing that part of it. Um, But, you know, people say, well, he's a terrible recruiter and a terrible coach. Well, he can't be both. 
I mean, he's got to be good at one or the other because they played in the NCAA tournament, right? I don't know which one you want to think he's good at, but he's good at one of them. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded, I think you said it a long time ago, that it's not the players you miss in getting. It's the players you get that you miss on. And when you look at that lineup, there's a bunch of guys he's missed on offensively a lot. And, you know, there's a, we have a, a center that can't play the pick and roll. And it's like, I don't know how they got to the tournament in the first place, other than when they were the oldest team in the league, almost they were able to get there because, you know, they had a head start, but by the end of the year, the head starts gone. And, and this team is exactly what they've been for four years. And, I understand everybody saying they're not going to be good next year, but athletically, I can tell you the Brazil kid's going to do stuff you've never seen a team do in quite a while. Well, I've never seen a guy be able to, to block shots like he does. That's it's, good it's news. Amazing. That's good news. Missouri yeah, needs well, that. You know. Well, he has no offensive game, so he fits right in. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, but man. Defensively, this defensively he's pretty amazing so i appreciate your show i look forward to listening to it in football season and i'm sure it'll be fun in that so all right thanks a lot mark appreciate the call appreciate you being a part of it all season long uh next call is actually still in the 417 area code who am i talking with hey gabe it's bryce what's up bryce how are you man good so i wanted to go back several calls now I've been to call in earlier but didn't have have time uh, Tucker I think his name was was mm-hmm. talking about you know don't we don't want to move on from Conzo because you know he could adapt to the coach and we could get better I mean I was pretty pro Conzo coming into the year you know said that this was a team that could compete for the, the title um, at least in the SEC and we did for most of the year and then totally fell apart down the stretch but yeah. I have a hard time buying that Conzo's going to change as a coach. He's he's coached now for well over a decade. Yeah, a decade in high major high major basketball. I mean, started at Missouri State, I think, like thirteen years ago, and yep. ten years in, ten years as you know, coaching high major basketball. Like he he is what he is. He, I mean, I think he's a great guy, but he can't recruit he, high level kids. He can recruit moms and dads, but when it comes down to it, that doesn't cut it. So. I agree with kind of what Tucker said that you can't be changing coaches every three or four years, but I just don't see how it turns around. And I I guess kind of going on that, like, you know, up until this year, I thought he was, you know, a decent coach that couldn't recruit, which is the exact opposite of what I thought when, you know, we, we signed him four years ago, but yeah. And what took me by surprise, and I know you said we may get to hear the post-game um, interview later, um, depending on technology, but he said our play didn't work because they turned the ball over. What yeah. what, what were we doing? Were we hoping they made a basket right. down five? Yeah, I, I didn't really understand the explanation. I think what he meant actually is they had a play called and it didn't work because Missouri almost turned the ball over. You know, when Tillman fumbled it, it was hard to understand exactly what he was saying there. Um, We didn't get a a very good answer on that last possession from him, and then somebody asked Jeremiah about it, and and Jeremiah didn't really seem to even know which possession we were talking about. So we didn't really get a good answer from anybody on that. But, yeah. I mean, that explanation makes me feel better than we didn't expect Oklahoma to turn it over. But I just – it doesn't – the coaching tonight was terrible. I mean, we flat out got out coached. I don't think, I mean, 
their best or second best player was out. So from yeah. a talent standpoint, it was probably fairly even. And outside of, you know, Drew Smith hitting two two threes that made the loss hurt even worse. Yeah. Uh it didn't feel like the second half we were ever going to have a chance. I kind of agree. I'll say this. Like, Lon Kruger is an elite coach. Uh, he he is very, very good. Um, and look, Conzo said in the in the postgame, Oklahoma's plan was to make our power forwards beat them. That would be my plan, too. Make Mitchell Smith and Kobe Brown beat me. And if they do it, I'm going to tip my cap and I'm going to go home. Uh, they didn't do it. You know, I mean, Mark Smith got hot early. Oklahoma made an adjustment. He quit shooting the ball. And again, I just I can't remember exactly the score, but it was like a four to a six point game, and they came down in the most important possession of the season. Mitchell Smith takes the top of the key three. That it just that can't happen, man. It, it can't be that way. So yeah, I totally agree. And Conzo seems to be totally fine with with that happening. So yeah. I guess we'll we'll see what happens next year. Like you said, uh, I mean we don't know the full team yet, but right. Completely no, starting over in year four just makes me seriously question the roster management going forward. Yep, no choice but to see how it goes. But, Bryce, appreciate it, man. I uh, got a couple more people waiting, so thanks for the call, bud, and thanks for being a part of it. Thanks, Dave. All right, uh, 573 area code, who am I talking to? Hey, yeah, this is Davin. Hey, Davin, what's going on, man? Uh, I know you're calling in to sing the praises of the coach, right? <laughs> I I'm just curious. What is more likely that the players didn't know that I can't remember the the tall kid from Oklahoma that that Manic. shot that was like five for nine from three point Ray range. Manic, yeah. Basically, four of them are unguarded. Yeah. Like that's all that he does well, really. Yeah. They don't know enough to go guard him. I mean, or well, just like the last call said that that they just they un, like bad three-point shots that they take just consistently, just like there's a reason that they're so open. Yeah, they did make – basically, they they said after the game, like they made adjustments because of the way Manic plays. They made adjustments that Tillman wasn't on him all the time, that they had, you know, Mitchell or Kobe or some other guys guarding him. And Conzo said the threes he got in the second half were defensive breakdowns. He said two of them were on Kobe and one of them was on Mitchell Smith. I mean, like they had the defense, you know, they knew what to do and they just they just didn't do it. And I think a lot of times that happens, right? I mean, a guy doesn't do what he's supposed to do and we blame the coach because that's who we blame. Well, it wasn't that the coach said don't guard the guy. <laughs> it was that the kid didn't do the right thing now and hey when it's college the coach gets blamed for that because it always comes back to well if you have a guy that's not good enough to do his job then that's your fault because you recruited him and that's how college coaching works well i mean i'm I'm glad at least he said yeah they were supposed to guard him i was kind of figuring he's like oh i I didn't even realize lineup yeah yeah that was the idea all right davin i i got another caller on the line too man i i appreciate it but yep yeah, it was a rough night, man. Thanks. Rough night. All right, thanks for the call. All right, nine one three area code. Who's there? Hey, it's uh, Mike. How are you? What's up? How are you, Mike? What's going on? Hey, good, man. good man. I got a comment first. Uh, hats off to Drew and Tillman. I think yep. they played, gave us everything they could. Yep. Um, question, and we've been listening uh, here. Um, uh, is the football rule as far as eligibility, and not that anybody like Tillman or anybody would stay. Does that did that not apply to basketball with COVID? It applies technically a senior. It, it applies to basketball. They all could come back if they want to. I mean, I think it was pretty I mean, obvious by Jeremiah's reaction. He's not coming back. 
I don't think anybody expects any of them to come back, really. I mean, you know, Conzo's even said, he said, if, if, if they want to come back, they've got to talk to me and tell me why and give me a good reason other than just, I just like being in college and playing basketball. Like, you know, he said, he said yeah. they've got to come up with a, with, with a reason that it makes sense for them to come back. Yeah, and then probably the bigger thing that we were yelling about was the, and we wanted to get your opinion, the lineup with Bugs late from about what the three minute mark down to mm-hmm. one twenty, I think. What I mean, we were like, what what is Bugs doing in there? And I know he kind of addressed it on other calls, and maybe Conzo addressed it earlier, but we just thought that we were like, man, you know, we didn't have a timeout, right. but we were like, what what lineup? Why are we running this lineup? with three minutes to go when we've got two guys on the bench, it should be in for either offense or defense. And I kind of, we kind of wanted to get your thought on that unless you've yeah. already addressed no, it. Well, guys, well, it comes down to basically Conzo didn't like the way Penson was playing defense tonight. He played him four minutes in the second okay. half. So that was a straight benching. Okay. Uh, he went with bugs. Now the, the one thing I actually, the, and I tweeted about this during the game that I had a problem with is, Tillman picked up his fourth foul with 4.04 to go, and they took him out, and I thought, okay, take him out for the TV timeout. Cool, but he needs to come back. Well, they came back, and there was 3.44 left in the game, and Tillman wasn't on the floor. And and I didn't really understand that. So with 3.44, it was at that point 58-57. After Drew Smith made two threes, Tillman is on the bench, or two free throws, I'm sorry. Tillman's on the bench. Brady Manning makes a three. Uh, Harkless made a jumper. And Austin Reeves made a three th- free throw. It was 64-57 before Jeremiah Tillman came back in the game with 2.15 left. Like, dude, there's 3.44 left in your season. Who cares if he fouls out? If he's on your bench, you're That's fouling him out yourself. Yeah. And that's what we were saying, and it was just like in that six zero run. Yep, it was in a blink of an eye, and that was we thought that was the difference. We're like, that six points came with no without any effort, really. Hundred percent. Like, I mean, we're yeah. So yeah, we just we're doing yeah we're venting like a lot of guys or whatever and stuff, and I just was like going to get your opinion on that lineup and that extra time that we thought that went by that Tillman should have been on the floor, but yeah, I mean um, by that point I had sucked. accepted that Pinson wasn't playing, but Tillman didn't make any sense to me. Now, Pinson, Pinson, you're right. Pinson looked terrible on defense. We were yelling. We're like, my God, for being a guard, he, he gets blown by more than anyone. But, uh, we, yeah, I want to just ask you those couple things. And then final thought is uh, sorry for the 913 area code. But I'd let you know we are – I do live in the state of Missouri, not that other godforsaken place uh, uh, to the west. <laughs> good enough, man. Well, I appreciate the call, Mike. Thanks a lot, man. Yep, have a good one, game. All right, you too. Uh, okay, so just perfect timing. We got the 816 area code on the line now. Who am I talking to? It's True Divinity, sir. What's up, True? How are you, man? Not too bad. I'll tell you what. A lot of people are not a fan of Conzo right now. I love that man. I mean, I have been betting the opposite money line against <laughs> Mizzou for the past two months, and this man's been paying my bills. Well. I mean, like, hey, I mean, eventually, I was like, he's got to, he's got to burn me one of these times, but he just kept helping me out. Well, I mean, I guess you found a silver lining in it. Um, you know, yeah, seven out of the yeah. last ten, you probably, if you just bet against him every night, you're coming out ahead. Yeah, I mean, but uh, realistically, though, like, I, I know it's going to be easy to bag on the guy all night, 
but I mean, I like the guy and I don't like when people are like, Oh, he's a great guy, but let me take a dump on him and tell you why he's terrible at his profession. Like that just doesn't sit right with me. Right. So basically my take is just, you know, it's disappointing. We got to kind of restart, you know, year five, but let's see what happens. If, if he hits the transfer portal hard and he does well, I think next year, while it is a reset, it might not be as hard of a reset as some people think it is. Right. Um, and I'm just going to, you know, we'll see what happens in the next two years. I'm not going to take a crap on the guy like people like to do. I'm just going to just see what happens. If it doesn't work out, I'll wish him well. He's a great representative of Missouri, and then we'll move on. And if he figures it out, even better. So that's kind of where I'm at. I'm just... You know, he made yeah. me 500 bucks tonight, so it's kind of hard to hate the guy right now. <laughs> well, there you go, man. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I, and I do think in college, we just, every loss is the coach's fault and every win is credit to the players. It always is, especially yeah. when you don't like the coach. Now, now when fans like the coach, it's the opposite. Like, Eli Drinkwitz was 5-0 and last year, and then uh, Barry Odom's players were 0-5, right? Now, Look, Conzo uh, was in exactly. that Conzo was in that position three years ago, so it can change in the blink of an eye, and it does. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's all all I keep saying is he's earned the right to to be here the next two years, and if they go the way fans think they're going to go, then he's going to get fired at that point, and he's going to take yeah. his money and he's going to move on, and he'll be fine and will be fine. But like, yeah. what if he's better than? than a lot of fans what what if the team's better than a lot of fans think it's going to be the next two years then it's it's going to work okay and you've you've got to let it happen before you make the decision that that you know that, that it's not going yeah. to happen yeah and i i think context matters a lot when it comes to something like this because you can look at his results the last four years and you go oh this is not good enough but when it comes on the heels of the worst power five higher in the last 30 years yeah i mean it's going to take some time like obviously we don't want this to be our ceiling duh like the zoo used to be a really good program i mean obviously they haven't really won anything of, of significance but i mean they used to be a top 20-ish program every year yeah. i wasn't alive to see it unfortunately but um, <laughs> i was i promise it I happened just, i know sometimes i sometimes i think it's just a farce and i'm just being told this but you know it's uh it is what it is. I mean, I think he's done a good job to this point. People are evaluating him based on what they think might happen next year, and I don't think that's yep. very fair. Uh, you got to kind of evaluate what he's done so far. If next year is terrible and the following year is terrible, I understand. But I think it requires context. Like, yep. getting to this point should be the baseline, and now we got to build on it. And we'll see if he can do it. If he can't, he'll be gone. If yep. he does, even better. 100%. I'd, I'd say in four years, he's been a solid B to B-plus coach. I, 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 I think agree, yeah. I think that's what he's done. And it, it, do you hope it's better? Do you Is it fair to wish for better? 100%. But also, in no context is what he's done a fireable offense. He gets the next two years. Not, now, not look, if, the, if they're 12-22 if they're and 22 next year and 17-17 17 and 17 the year after that, then I'll be right there with everybody saying it's time, man. It's not getting any better than this, but you know, we've, we've got to see what it is. Look at Archie Miller. He was hired the same hiring cycle and yep. the guy landed multiple five-star guys and did absolutely nothing with it. Never made a tournament. That was in far better shape. I mean, that we wanted to hire the guy that left that program. So it's just, well, you got to look at what he's done so far. And I think he's like you said, B to B plus, 
Now we'll see the next couple of and years what he can do. It, it can change in a hurry because, like, I, I, I pointed out some things earlier this week. Right now, the national opinion of Mike Boynton is that he is doing a hell of a job, has a really good program, and might be in line for, for a, a bigger job, right? Dude, yeah. He's 16 games under 500 in the Big 12 over four years and had never sniffed a tournament until this season. We got Cade Cunningham. And, hey, it looks pretty good right now. And he might be really good next year. But, like, that's, you know – I mean, he's done a yeah. worse job than Conzo has so far. He's just better right now. Oh, yeah, and and people are like, well, he got Cade Cunningham. I don't think people – a lot of people know that he hired his brother on the staff. I don't think that's been, like, out there as much as the Michael Porter dad situation. Yeah. But, I mean, he hired the kid's brother, and it was still for a little bit. It looked like the kid was going to go to Kentucky still. Right, and smart so move, we'll see though. what he does. Yeah, I, yeah, 100%. If you can do it, do it. But, like, we'll see what he – like you said uh, – Conzo has, I think he's done a decent job. And supporters, we'll see what Boynton can do now that he doesn't have any more brothers to hire. But, you know, and it, it yeah, just is and, what it is. I'm not going to overreact to one game. I'll just kind of see what happens. Right. And Mike Boynton's five-star stayed healthy and played, and Conzo's didn't. I, I mean, exactly. Like, who knows? Yeah. We could have went, you know, we could have been a three-seed if Michael was healthy the whole year. You never know. It's and if that happens – what do the next three years look like? Because I guarantee they look different. If Michael Porter plays here, exactly. I guarantee they look different. So, yeah, it's just context matters. He's been he's been dealt a pretty unlucky hand, but we'll see we'll see what he does. All right, well, true. I appreciate the call, man. Thanks for hanging out with us, and and you've been on the shows all year, so uh, appreciate it, bud. Thank you, Gabe. Appreciate it. Great work. All right, have a good one. So, uh, phone lines are open. We'll we'll leave them open for a few more minutes. If you guys want to talk, I'll leave it there. Um. I want to clean up a couple of the things in the comments here real quick, and then I'll, I'll give you some kind of closing thoughts. Uh, Brian Brooks is asking about Pinson's playing time again. It, it's it's real simple, guys. Conzo's not going to say it out loud, um, but you could tell based on the way that game went, he didn't think Pinson was playing defense. And if you not, if if he doesn't think you're playing defense, you're not going to play for him. And I, I've said it, I would have played him more. I want to go down with the guys on the court who I think are the best players, and I think Pinson is better than Bugs and gives you a better chance to win. But it's his job on the line, and it's his call, and that's the way it's going. But, again, if for some reason you didn't believe us and thought Xavier Pinson was coming back, I think this kind of seals it. I think we've seen the last of it. Um, I just I just don't see another season of this happening. I, and, and, look, I'll come on here and own it if I'm wrong. Uh, but but I really don't think it's going to happen. Uh, Robert's asking, is anyway, Cam Fletcher comes to Mizzou? No, because Mizzou's not pursuing him. Uh, I mean, they, they, I've reported that. Dave Matters reported that. Mizzou's not going after him. Um, they think they're a better fits, and, and I actually kind of agree with that just because, like, they need impact transfers. And Cam Fletcher averaged 1.6 points for a team that was worse than Missouri. Now, he could be a good player down the road, but I don't think he's a guy that comes in and makes a huge difference next year. Missouri needs guys that make a difference next year. There's no question. Um, so, uh, yeah, Hump, uh, thanks for doing it this year. A lot of fun. Yeah, th this has been fun for me. Um, I've enjoyed it. Um, it's It's been a, a new... Uh, experience a new way to do things i definitely plan on continuing some form of it we're going to make some tweaks before next season but but this is something we're going to do 
Um, at least the post-game parts of it for, for football and some basketball. We're probably not going to do all basketball next year. Like the 11.30 Tuesday night shows uh, aren't really worth it. But but we'll, the 573 report is going to continue all offseason. And going into football and basketball season, we're going to uh, make some tweaks and do some things. And and we'll definitely figure it out and, and keep it going because I like the format. It's it's given me a little something different to do, and I get to hear some different voices. And, hey, people are nicer when they call you than they are on a message board or Twitter. So uh, I like that. Um, okay, so David Newman says Reeves being fouled at 108. So let me go back and look at that. Um, so 108 to go. Yeah. So at 150, Tillman made a dunk to make it 67-61. Missouri then – Played straight up. Uh, Reeves missed a shot at 122. Jalen Hill got a rebound with 118. Missouri let 10 seconds go off and then fouled. And I, I think this is the question you're asking, David, and I actually agree. If you're going to foul, just foul. Like, why are you letting 10 seconds go? Um, but they let 10 seconds go. Reeves made two free throws. That put OU up 69-61. And then Drew Smith uh, made a three. Oklahoma missed a free throw. Drew Smith made another three. Uh, and then was was Missouri's last possession after the turnover, 70-67. to 67. And, like, look, Oklahoma executed in the last couple minutes, and, and Missouri didn't. Um, that's – or last minute, and Missouri didn't. And that's uh, – that's all there is to it. Breakfast King with the super chat. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you've been on a ton of our shows. A lot of you guys are, um, are are people who have been with us through football and basketball season and been on almost every show. Some people jump in and out, so uh, appreciate it. But this is definitely something we want to keep doing going forward and hope, uh, hope not only that a lot of the people who have been here with us the whole time continue to join, but hey, man, maybe you guys have friends. I don't know. Like, I don't have very many, but hopefully you do and and you tell them tell them what we're doing uh jake rippy wants to know if we see pinson transferring i just see him leaving like i don't think he's going to transfer i i just don't think he's going to be back um you know i i think he's uh i think he's ready to move on uh that's that's all there is to it uh Greg, appreciate you uh, being here with us the whole time as well. You were you were here most of football and basketball season with us, and uh, and Ed, you two, mental mistakes are so frustrating. I I get it. Man. I, I get, tonight was tonight was frustrating, but maybe it shouldn't have been because like like I said, we've seen that game like twelve times this year. Um, maybe not twelve; they've only lost ten. But I feel like we've seen that game that they managed to win a couple times too. So. Uh, Rebecca Ergo says this place is nothing without Bob Douglas. Totally agree, but when Mitch isn't here, no Bob Douglas, man. Hey, we're getting another call, so we're gonna keep it going for another minute. Let's uh let's go to the eight one six area code. Who's on the line? Hey Gabe, this is Curtis out in Denver. How are you doing, man? Not bad. What's up, Curtis? How are you, man? I'm good. Um I guess I just had a couple of like um kind of broader questions just about the season. Yeah. Um, have you ever covered a, a team like this where you may not know what to expect, like on a game-to-game basis? Like I, I've been, like I was a fan when I was younger, caught the you know, last, I don't know, 10 or so years in Norm, and then mm-hmm. through Quinn and Mike Anderson. I mean, it helped even Kim Anderson. Like I, I knew what to expect. And right. but this year, um, I, like it could have been like, a good game of like inside like rebounding or good shooting or 
great defense, but like it, it just wasn't ever reliable. And I just wonder if just like overall in covering the 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 Tigers, if you have covered a team where you weren't exactly sure what you were gonna get on a game to game basis. Um yeah, I feel like there have probably been a, a few of those. Um you know, and, and it's it's weird. This team, I feel like you did know what you were gonna get. Up until like that game at Oxford where, you know, I mean, they had one off night against Mississippi State, but hey, that's going to happen. But but after Tillman's grandma died and he left the team, like something just changed. And and I don't know, you just it wasn't just Jeremiah, like Pinson kind of went in the tank there for a few games. And yeah, I, I and I don't really have an explanation, but it just never really came all the way back. Yeah, I hear you. I mean, and like, and I think you're right. I mean, as far as just like when some of those close uh, wins turned to losses, but even in the way that they won, um, you know, in the non-conference and then going into the conference season, like they were able to do it different ways. Like, right. you know, different players would get hot and they, they, they would be able to, like, I remember like, you know, in some of your uh, post games and, and just, you know, reading, um, you know, I read Matter and then like in the Star and stuff being out here, mm-hmm. like there was like a different focus, like, you know, for why they won. And I just like, I, I'm just trying to remember, like, if I had followed a team, like a Mizzou team, where I just, I'm not sure, like, what the actual identity of it was. <laughs> right. Like, there was parts that were there available, yep. but like, it never cohered, you could say. This is what this Tiger team was. Like, I, I don't know what it was. I, I remember even telling people after the win over Alabama, I told a lot of people this both privately and I said it on the show. I said, I don't know what this team's really good at except scoring more points than the yeah. other team. Like, and, and I actually yeah. thought that became right. a strength, right? Like, you don't know, you don't know why yeah. they're winning, but they always manage to win. And then all of a sudden, it just turned into... I don't know why they're not winning, but they never managed to win. And and I don't know what made that switch. Yeah. Maybe it was just the law of averages catching up. Maybe they always were this type of a team, right? Like an eight or a nine seed, and it finally just evened out. I I don't know, but um, I I'm sure if Conzo knew, he'd uh, he'd have changed it at some point in the last four yeah. weeks. So I don't think he knows either. Yeah, for sure, man. And you know, and I hope that um. You know, like, whether it is, like, getting the transfers or, like, some of these younger kids will be really good. Like, I mean, I hope the best for Conzo. Like, he, he is yeah. the coach. Um, you know, for a while, like, I hope he gets it done. But I guess just, just one more um, kind of piggybacking off of that. Like, like one of the teams like, I remember so much, I, I was in high school at the time, but it was that O2 team. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, th- they were disappointing largely. <laughs> And oh, they were awful season. most of the. And then they caught fire. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they came in like you know with a lot of accolades, and I don't know. Maybe it was around the Alabama game. I was like, oh, I wonder if like you know this team could be like an O2 type team. And then like, I mean, I called you before like I don't know, it was December, January. And just, I, I was worried about our talent, and I just kind of think like tonight just kind of showed too. I mean, like. The talent just wasn't there, and that O2 team had a lot of talent. And so I just wonder, like, when you think about the team going back, um, was it that they fell apart, or 
was it just kind of like the lack and, and like look the guys are great they're great people but like was it just a lack of talent that was actually revealed in the team like yeah. were we just kind of fortunate at the beginning like what 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 was the team um you know just kind of thinking back from it yeah, I, I I think maybe that's fair. Like maybe look, they were never as good as we thought they were three months or two months in, and they're not quite as bad as they looked the last you know five weeks or whatever. In the end, they're somewhere in the middle, and that's exactly where this season ended. And it's, it leaves you feeling a little hollow, but that's what it was, man. Yeah, for real. Yeah, well, maybe maybe that we can. Uh, get past not winning a game in the first round sometime in the next couple of years. But That'd be good. Thank you so much. All right, Curtis. Appreciate it, man. Let's go uh, one more on the line from the 323 area code. Who am I talking with? Hey, hey Gabe. This is Tony from La La Land. What's up, Tony? How are you, um, man? Yeah, how's it going? Hey, um, have you guys heard anything about uh, Ed Chain? I mean, the guy never played this year. Right. I mean, and you look at him, there was a guy that won Mr. Basketball in Nebraska. He was a four-star player. You would think he had some game. Have y'all talked to uh, the coach and found out why he never played? Yeah. It's, I mean, I know they didn't. It, it's been a while yeah. since we kind of asked, because at some point it just became obvious he wasn't going to play, right? But er, kind of early to midway through the season, Conzo just said kind of he's getting there, but we don't think he's ready. And I don't know if that was defensively or what, but that's one of the things that I think frustrates people is you take a guy who, you know, averaged, I don't know, not much at San Diego State, then then kind of a, didn't have any other really high major offers toward the end of the cycle last year. And, and you use the spot, but then you bring him in and he never, never even sees the floor for a team that, like, desperately needed three-point shooting, which was the one thing he was supposed to do. So it kind of leads you to say, well, what's the what's the point? Like, I mean, there were two guys, that him and Jordan Wilmore combined for 26 minutes. I mean, I know people are down on Drew Bugs, but, like, he was the star of last year's recruiting class. Um, well, see, I'm probably the only person that's not down on Drew Bugs. Okay. Okay, I, I I like him more than all you guys because, I mean, he would have been better on a team that has scores, right? Because you know that's not what he's giving you. But if you watch him, he he's better with the ball than Pearson with Shoxley, but yeah. he's better with the ball. He's a better distributor, and and, and honestly, uh, this game here, I can understand why he played him because Pearson was just not playing good defense. Pinson was uh, got caught back up in this thing where if he can't penetrate, Pinson starts to run the ball away and right. making bonehead plays with it. So, and I'm a big Pinson fan, but uh, this kid better than what everybody gave him credit for, man. I liked him because I I thought that he was good giving guys rest. He was good at distributing the ball, getting the ball. And Missouri, if you watch him when they play the game. They, they they got a habit of, of laying around the perimeter. You can't shoot three while you're laying around the perimeter instead of people moving to the you know basket sometimes. Yeah, they and, they have an extreme lack yeah. of guys who can get their own shot or who who can get in the lane. Right. Yeah. Right. And and and, and they just lay around the perimeter. And when Pinson got the ball, he's penetrating and he's waiting on somebody to move. Yeah. Even Pinson toward the basket, but they won't do it. They standing around the perimeter. But 
even though I hate to bash on players, I'm kind of glad to see Mitchell Smith going, man, because I think I would have gave more time to Brian, man, yeah. in this game. I would have gave him more time because once in a while, if you watch him, he'll give you a good block. He'll block yeah. some shots. And, and, and he really got a nice three-point shot, you know. And and, and, he, and, and and when you look at Mitchell Smith, I was looking at him during the game. Every time he go inside and they throw the ball into him, he got scared to death, and he would try to hurry up and get the ball out of there. And I'm like, oh, man. And I'm saying, put Brian in, man, because at least he ain't scared to try to tempt something. You know, he'll do something. Yeah. But Mitchell Smith, I, I'm not going to miss him. I, I mean, I like the guy personally, I guess, because I don't know him. But I'm not going to miss him because, you know, you can't be 6'10", 6'11", and play like you're 6'1". No, yeah. I agree. I, I mean, mean Mitchell yeah. – like he had some moments this year, but the last three games he didn't give much anything. And I, I mean the 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 power forward position was was kind of a hole and it was a problem and and uh, they exploited it. So, well, coach, I'm gonna tell me you better next year. I mean, I've been sticking by you, been taking up for you, but next year, man, you got to, you know, you got to bring in some along with the high school players. You're gonna have to bring in some. Uh, and I don't know where you're going to get them from, but I hope you guys keep us up on it and let us know if you're hearing anything. Absolutely will do. We'll be following it this spring, Tony. I appreciate the call, man. Okay, take care, man. All right, have a good one, Tony. Uh, good call to end on. Like, that, Look, that was a good, some good analysis, and, and the, the bug stuff probably makes more sense tonight than a lot of us are are willing to admit it's it's tough to watch a game and know what Xavier Pinson is capable of doing and and lose it with him on the bench but hey there were some good p- counterpoints there too and uh and that's fair um no question about it so uh David Newman wanting to know if Parker Brown's going to stay I have no idea I we'll see I I don't know I mean he didn't play tonight um you know it wouldn't stun me if he left, uh, you know, I mean, he, he hadn't gotten on the floor much at all. Uh, and guys that don't get on the floor generally don't stick around. So we'll see. Um, but I feel like Tony was a good call to end it with. Guys, a good show. Um, I, a lot of, lot of stuff to talk about. I'm sorry we're not going to be doing it Monday night. Um, Mitchell and I will have the 573 report on Wednesday night. But thanks for, uh, for making this worth doing. All, uh, all season. Thanks to the Bruning Law Firm for sponsoring our NCAA tournament stuff. You can check them out at bruninglegal.com, B-R-U-N-I-N-G legal.com. And thanks to Burger Smokehouse for being with us all season long. Uh, they All through football, all through basketball, sponsored the pregame show in football, the postgame show in basketball. They have been very loyal to us, helped us out a lot uh, as we work through some growing pains and get this whole thing going. So check them out at smokehouse.com. Uh, go to the grocery store. Go down. You can, we're, we're starting to be able to go places. I got my first shot last week. We might be able to go places soon. Go check out the Smokehouse in uh, California, Missouri, 3rd and 4th. third and fourth generation of the burger family uh runs that so check them out down there but the easiest way is smokehouse.com so do that pick yourself up some uh fine meat and uh products from burgers as you sit and watch the last couple weeks of the tournament which unfortunately for us all missouri is not playing in a 72 68 loser and hey drew smith got a lot of love on this need to give some to jeremiah tillman uh kid played a hell of a game tonight 16 and 12 I thought worked 
unbelievably hard in the post. Um, left it all out there. Uh, a kid who, if this thing becomes something, I think a lot of people will remember was was a building block for what it turned into. So I uh, would have been remiss if I did not uh, say something about Jeremiah on the way out the door and uh, the way he played tonight. So thanks to you guys. Thanks to Burgers, to Burning Legal. Uh, got some more stuff coming on the site. I know Mitchell's story's up. I got one to write. So we'll catch you later on right here. Hit the like button, subscribe to the channel, and we'll see you around.